Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we're taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the globe. It's Tuesday, so we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that CollisionConf has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in. We'll be hearing from leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. Welcome to Collision and Javier and Josh, thanks so much for being with us today. So returning to the office is something that is top of mind for many of us. I'm heading into my office for the first time in months tomorrow, and lots and lots of companies are thinking about different hybrid arrangements. So Josh, I'd love to hear how you're thinking about that at Etsy. Well, our mission is keeping commerce human, and we believe that being together in person is important for creating collaboration and community amongst our team and we've invested in gorgeous real estate that is environmentally sustainable and that really encourages community and collaboration and it's something we continue to plan to invest in. But the team has been enormously productive over the past year and we've certainly proven to ourselves that we don't need to be in person all the time in order to be effective and in fact in many ways we can often be more effective uh, when people are working privately and, and often working from home. So. We're, we're going to be moving to a world where when we are together in person, it is with intention for a team to collaborate. And um, maybe they need to innovate, maybe they need to build more social cohesion, um, but we'll make sure that there is time for people, for teams to come together. But the default will be that people are very often working from home. And so as we uh, exit the pandemic, we think, about 15 to 20% of our total workforce will be permanently work from home and they will need to travel to an office occasionally in order to, to, to really spend some in-person time with their team and we'll build budget uh, for that. About 10% of our team tells us that they don't have a good work from home setup for a, a wide variety of reasons. And so they will plan to permanently work from the office because that's their choice and it's what works best for them. But for the substantial majority of the team, they will be in a hybrid where they will come to the office two to three days a week, particularly when they are doing things with their team that require in-person collaboration. And the rest of the time, uh, they're going to be working from home. And so we need to really rethink our office space and, and so that it's really well designed to, uh, to encourage collaboration, because that's for, for most people, that's the reason why they'll be in the office in the first place. Javier, you're thinking about this on two levels, both uh, for your own teams at Google and also in the products you're creating. How do you think about that in both of those ways? Well, it's an interesting challenge for us to navigate, right? Like the team that builds the products that are supposed to enable people to, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, make the most of this future of work and the, the, you really get past a set of obstacles that we've been having to deal with over the last year uh, is also subject to those same obstacles in pursuit of building these products. So there's sort of a very entangled aspect to this. And the way we've chosen to sort of think about it is by looking at you know, what are the things that we've learned, I guess, over the course of the last year that are gonna stay with us uh, uh, you know, as we return to office and as we get back to uh, uh, you know, whatever uh, new sense of normality that we all are, are so eager to get to around the world. Um, and those three things are, they're things that actually are not gonna be surprising to anybody. They were true before, the pandemic, but I think as Josh alluded to, the 
the fact that we all sort of universally experience them uh, uh, is, is what actually has changed and will stay with us uh, uh, going forward. So the first thing is the most obvious one, right? Like work is no longer uh, uh, directly associated with a location, right? And, and by the way, that, that term work means work in the traditional sense of working at a company like Etsy or Google for that matter, just as much as it means work in the sense of going to school, right? Uh, uh, you know, there is a sort of decoupling from an activity in a specific location that took place over the course of the last year in a very universal way. It was true beforehand. There were plenty of people, uh, uh, including myself in, in prior roles who commuted and had different uh, uh, arrangements, had to travel from one office to another. But now everyone knows what that's like. The second, uh, uh, you know, which is really important, is that time and attention management are incredibly critical, both for individuals as well as for organizations. Um, again, obviously very true before the pandemic, but now as we've learned uh, uh, in part because we you know, are, are, are living and working in many cases in the same location, and there's always the possibility that through this door here to my left, you know, a small person might barge in and ask for help with their homework or something like that, that we need to figure out how to manage our time to get the best out of all the different things we need to do. And then in terms of managing our attention, there's no shortage of technology, things, devices, uh, uh, things that are coming at us, asking us to come to them and pay attention to them, right? They're non-technology things that do that too. So how we manage that, the better we are at managing that, the better off we will be going forward. And then the third one, um, which I think is the hardest one to crack, is the sense of human connection, right? Human connection is the essential ingredient in any, you know, important and otherwise worthwhile undertaking, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, making commerce more human in the case of Etsy and, and uh, uh, you know, creating a great marketplace or building great products in the case of Google or sending a spacecraft into orbit or even teaching a young child how to learn how to read. Like these are all things that happen and are powered primarily by a shared sense of belief between two or more people about possibilities and a sense of trust. And it is incredibly, incredibly hard, as we've all witnessed, to experience that over a video call, right? I've, I've had uh, uh, the, uh, the challenge of building out a completely new leadership team uh, over the course of the last year. We've never actually sat together in three-dimensional space. I, I have talked at length with all these people who are incredibly important, have uh, uh, very big uh, uh, jobs to fill at Google, but and they're leading organizations that haven't met them either, right? So it's very weird. How do you actually bridge that gap? And again, it's not just a question of can we see and hear each other. There's a lot more to it. So we've chosen to uh, focus on those three things in terms of how we build our product, and certainly in terms of how we approach at Google and with our customers the topic of collaboration equity, right? Like how do we uh, um, as we approach a hybrid work model, not create or exacerbate disadvantages that are related to where people are or what kind of job they have and what level or lack of flexibility they may have within their job. And I think it presents a phenomenal opportunity uh, uh, for us to continue down the path of bringing uh, you know, a, a new and different approach to collaboration and communication, but it's a near universal challenge for organizations you know, throughout the world and governments and everybody. And we'll just, uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, hopefully it'll all work out. 
So one thing I've thought about a lot over the last year is that while this was sort of a temporary situation or a long-term temporary situation, a lot of us were coasting on existing relationships that we'd created in person before the pandemic started. So a lot of teams had those existing um, communication techniques and, and trust to draw on. And as this becomes permanent, how, how do you both think about that in terms of setting up teams both to, to take in new members? So how do you bring new people into the organization in ways that, that work just as well as they did in the past? And then also, how do you um, manage to both uh, continue and also evolve your, your whole company's culture over time when, when lots of people are not in the office? most of the time. Catherine, that's a great question. And I, and I, 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 I talked with the team all about, uh, often about, you know, it is undeniable that we have been incredibly successful working entirely from home for 13 or 14 months now. By every metric, productivity is up and it's often up substantially. And we entered this with a lot of built up social capital. And we entered this with pretty clear roadmaps already in mind. Um, areas we wanted to innovate on, ideas. And so this has not been a perfect experiment. And if we went five years without ever being in the same room, I'm not confident that we would have the same outcomes that we've, we've had in year one. So thinking about how we keep that social capital going is, is really important. So you asked about a couple of things. In terms of onboarding, we've worked very hard to structure um, training programs to become even more um, asynchronous and effective using things like video and, and, and um, collaboratory tools. I will say that the Google tool set, which we use, Google Docs, Google Slides, Google Hangouts, has been incredibly helpful for us as a knowledge repository and as a collaboration tool. Um, once we're through onboarding, you know, thinking about from the largest to the most intimate formats, we have stepped up the cadence. I do a, a monthly what's called What's on My Mind, where I source questions from the organization, what's really on their minds, and then I share how are things going. And that might be, uh, you know, what's the state of our public health or our economy? A lot of questions people have. Uh, uh, to culturally, how are things going on Etsy, you know, and other things. But we also, you know, at a team level and at a more granular level, we've really worked hard on, on asynchronous work. And so how do we, a lot of meetings, if you think about a lot of the time you're spending in a meeting, you're actually just absorbing information you probably could have read and maybe even more effectively could have just read it. You know, as much as people like to do pre-reads or say they do pre-reads, often people don't. Um, and so really leading into let's minimize meeting time to time that we're actually collaborating and not just absorbing information is something we're working hard on. We've spun up something called the collaboratory, which is our internal team that's really thinking about how do we evolve our, our culture and our processes to make sure that we can collaborate even more effectively. And I think we've made a lot of progress in a lot of these areas. I'll give you some examples. Two of the Etsy touchstone events have been our Halloween party and our talent show. Um, once a year, we do each very Etsy. We don't do a Christmas party. We do a Halloween party. We've found ways to do those online. So the talent show, people record uh, themselves, and then we watch a talent show together. We've gone through um, difficult and very moving things like a vigil for um, for Black Lives Matter, mourning the, the death of the murder of Jeff George Floyd and, and others, you know, that was a very moving, um, very emotional experience that we did. 
together over the summer. So we're finding ways to be together even when we can't be in the same room. I'll tell you two challenges that are very front of mind for me though that I, we haven't yet solved. The first is it's level, being entirely remote has leveled the playing field that now every single one of us is a little face on a screen. Even before the pandemic, 20% or 30% of all attendees were a little face on a screen, right? They were beaming in for all, almost every meeting had remote attendees, but they would see one big conference room with 12 people in it. That was only one little window, right? They can't really read people's facial expressions. So um, how do we figure out when we are back in a hybrid environment, how to keep a level playing field? Is everyone going to have a laptop in front of them and each person still going to have their own camera or, or what are we going to do about that? I'm not so sure, but I think it's really important that we acknowledge that it's going to be rare that all the attendees of a meeting are in the same room. And we need our technology and our tools to keep up with that virtual whiteboarding and all of those kinds of things to allow for that. The other thing that I think is going to be we need to figure out how to solve is serendipity. The number of times that I bump into someone while waiting in line at lunch or whatever, walking to the water cooler, um, and we share uh, knowledge and we build social bond and, oh, you're the person who does this. Okay, now I know to go to you if I need that. You know, I, I think it, it, um, it's, easier, it's easy to underestimate how important those connections are and that serendipity is. And I don't think we've yet found a mechanism. And I think it's going to be important that we find a mechanism to keep uh, building on that. And just to add on that, because so much of that is uh, uh, deeply relevant for us, uh, I guess I'll start, Josh, by telling you that we're working on, uh, uh, we can help with the, the hybrid uh, uh, problem, obviously. Um, maybe the place to start uh, is talking about the, uh, how the, the, the existing relationships powered us through this period powered, you know, uh, Josh mentioned Etsy. I think it's true of Google. I joined Google actually right before the pandemic. So I joined in October, late October of 2019, um, had the rare benefit of basically being a normal Google employee for about three months before things got weird very quickly. Um, but I can safely say that part of what kept us uh, uh, going was the fact that the organization that I'm lucky enough to lead had built out uh, a significant amount of uh, social capital and trust based on years of collaborating together and, and getting to know each other. And um, despite the fact that the introduction of leadership into that mix, who isn't a part of that social contract, it still made it that much more important for me and for my uh, uh, newly hired uh, executives to do our best to actually you know, work with that because you don't get to reframe that, you know, in, in the course of, of a, a situation like this, much less one where the team that we're actually leading is also helping provide continuity for uh, uh, so many organizations. Uh, I mean, literally like 2.7 billion users around the world are depending on us uh, uh, to keep all this stuff going from schools to businesses, etc. And so, uh, it is actually that serendipity that Josh mentioned that not only is the hardest thing to recreate, but it is that that's what actually fuels and creates that social capital, that that sense of uh, uh, togetherness, I guess, that creates a company. And there are companies, by the way, that are fully distributed from the very beginning, 
who have developed their own ways of doing this from the beginning. And those companies probably have gone through this past year saying, you know, everything is about like the same, right? Um, maybe we can't travel, which sucks because there's still, you want to see people, right? Um, but there are others like ours uh, where, yeah, there was always some amount of remote work going on. Um, uh, and there were always, even when there wasn't remote work, we have a, a globally distributed team. There are people in New York, there are people here in the Bay Area, there are people in Scandinavia, in Switzerland, in India, in all, all parts of the world. Um, and often there was room to room collaboration. There were people gathered in meeting rooms, you know, connecting with each other. Um, but I think that the point that Josh was making about how does how do you solve for the possibility that those people, you know, is there an odd person out who's just not see, they just see a room with a bunch of people. They don't see the whiteboard. They don't see everybody in the room. Um, there's even a more basic issue there, which is the fact that humans, I think by our nature are much more like, all right, well, this person's right in front of me. Like I will, uh, there's going to be always a bias towards an interaction that's going to be three-dimensional and more oriented towards those people that I can see here and, and, and sort of like uh, assess from, from close proximity. Those things have, there, there are ways to solve that. We, we're, we're putting that together as part of not only Google's own RTO effort, but also for the benefit of our customers. And yes, ultimately, Josh, it involves at least initially creating our own contract, a set of recipes, if you will, about in what scenarios, for what, so you started, you said something very useful, which is what are you gathering here for? Does it, is it to work on a problem together or to read stuff that you could have read on your own, right? Like, uh, are you absorbing information or are you genuinely trying to work through something that can only be done in real time? And I think uh, uh, there's a lot, there, this isn't, by the way, a technology problem. This is ultimately a uh, corporate social contract problem, if you will. Like if people are just kind of predisposed to uh, always go to a meeting, that's what you're going to get, right? So people need to sort of be nudged in the right direction to rely more on real-time uh, products like chat or even to do more things like just write a document and share it with people and encourage them to read it and comment on it. That way you don't have to gather. Um, but the one thing I want to close on with respect to this, because I, I do feel like we can actually make great progress for companies like Etsy and for companies like Google, is the part that we learned and I observed through our customers that involves non-knowledge workers. So the inherent disadvantage that a frontline worker has or a end customer of a business has in not being able to take part in what is otherwise a fully distributed, oh, we can do it all through video and email and chat and whatever kind of an interaction. And that is why for us, it's incredibly important to not just fix those hybrid meeting scenarios, but also to enlarge the pie and bring more people directly into the communication and collaboration in an effective way so that even people who are on a manufacturing line and have to do their work in a plant they have a voice and they're just as effective in collaborating with a bunch of other people who might be distributed for one reason or another. So that's that's a challenge for us and something that I'm really excited about continuing to tackle. I'm so glad you brought that up, Javier. And th uh, that's something that I think 
far too often gets left out of these conversations about the future of work, especially when we're talking about remote work. So unbelievably, we are just about out of time. And I wish we could talk about this for the next hour, but we have to let everybody get back to Collision. Thank you both for being here today. I really appreciate your time. It was a great conversation. Catherine, it's been a pleasure. Josh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, uh, hope you all enjoy the rest of the event. Likewise. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.